The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. At that time, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was hungry. The tempter approached and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become loaves of bread. He said in reply, It is written, One does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and made him stand on the parapet of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and with their hands they will support you, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Jesus answered him, Again it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Then the devil took him up to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their magnificence. And he said to him, All these I shall give to you, if you will prostrate yourself and worship me. At this time, at this, Jesus said to him, Get away, Satan. It is written, The Lord your God shall you worship, and him alone shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. The Gospel of the Lord. It's uh, significant, of course, uh, for us to get a glimpse of Jesus's 40 days and, and 40 nights in the, in the wilderness um, prior to his temptation, uh, because, of course, we as, as a church observe those 40 days, the pattern of uh, Jesus's fast we take on for ourselves. Uh, it's, it's interesting, I think there's you know, if we were to look at the, the passage um, sequentially, I think there actually is a, a lot for us to take, even from uh, the opening lines of, of what we see, um, Jesus being led by the Spirit into the desert. I want to say this, part of, it is, part, of what I'm, part of what I'm thinking or pushing back on is the idea that uh, Lent is a moral proving ground for us in the sense that, you know, I have to do this, I have to do that, I have to do this, right? It's like, let's just expand the, the checklist or, or turn up the, the heat on the moral pressure uh, that we otherwise experience during the year, or perhaps we don't experience during the year. It's like, it's virtually zero, and now we want to we wanna cook something, so we're going to crank it up immediately and, and for 40 days, and we're then focused on everything that that we think we should be doing as this kind of new um, and enhanced and reinvigorated regimen that should somehow earn for us salvation or should earn for us God's favor. And if, we, if we're faithful to reading the scriptures, I, can I say none of that is there? I mean, if there is any of it, it it's only in, the, only in the least, and it's and it's differently situated so as to give us, I think, very, very different lessons. Jesus is led by the Spirit into the desert. Jesus doesn't say, you know what, I really have, I really have to demonstrate you know, how powerful I am. I really have to show these people what I can and can't do. I'm going to go fast for 40 days. 
right? It's like, he's not David Blaine, you know? It's not like, hey, the great, amazing human feats here, right? Like a, spec, a spectacle. No, that would, that would be the way of either, and maybe some combination of, the world, the flesh, and the devil. Jesus is led by the Spirit. This is our, this is our first, say, cue or clue as to what the Lenten season needs to be in its substance. We need to be led by the Spirit. This is the point. We need to be led by the Spirit. All the penances in the world outside of our being led by the Spirit are worthless. And maybe even worse than worthless. We have to be led by the Spirit. And the, and the penances that we take on ought to reflect the fact that we are led by the Spirit. And they ought to, uh, say, increase or grow our docility or our, our obedience to where and how the Spirit leads. Yeah? This could be, this, as you can imagine, at this point, this could be a very long homily, right? What did I, I, I didn't get anywhere yet. Just the, just the first line, Jesus led by the Spirit. And then to be tempted by the devil. And actually what we see then also is he fasts for 40 days and 40 nights. And, of course, the greatest understatement, I think, in all of Scripture, afterwards he was hungry. <laughs> it's like, okay... I'm pretty hungry after a couple minutes, you know, like, okay, 40 days, 40 nights. The tempter approached him and said, now, okay, he starts, he starts to tempt him. Temptation is very significant. But uh, we can't do them unless we talk about what happens immediately prior to this gospel passage. Because, again, we'll get, we'll get the context wrong and we'll get the, uh, the implications wrong. What happens immediately prior to this gospel passage? Jesus is baptized. And in his baptism, the voice from the clouds comes. This is my beloved son. Right? To, to Jesus, you are my beloved son. Yeah? This, is, this is the establishment, without a doubt, of his identity. This is who he is. And in fact, it's, it's, it's better than that because it's not simply, okay, th this is who Jesus is. No, it's, it's actually whose he is. So he is the Father's. God claims him as his own. That's his identity. That's his identity. And then, going out, being led by the Spirit into the wilderness, what, ha what happens, do we think? It's just drilling down on that identity. Really, the rejection of, of everything but that call, hearing that voice and allowing that voice to go down deep, right, to saturate his very being. Similarly, this is ours for Lent. Yeah, we are claimed by God. We belong to him. And we have been chosen and set apart for his purposes. Yeah, so he, and, and those purposes all begin with the fact that he loves us into life. And he sustains us in life out of an abundance of love for us. He delights in us. And Jesus is drawing all of that into himself. And now we're going to see him live out of that identity. And guess what? When you start to live out of that identity, when you start to, I mean, any, I think all of us know, anytime you try to make a, make a change in life, 
right? What happens almost immediately, right? You, you, set, your, you set your mind to something or you've, you've discerned, I'm going to go this, do this, that, and the other thing. As soon as, you, as, soon as, you, as soon as you start on the way, you feel all of the headwinds, all of the drag, everything that's going to knock you off course comes to you almost immediately. That's exactly what's happening here with Jesus. And he has, he has set his face to go the way of the Father. He's set his, he's, he has set his face to go the way of self-giving love, the way of, can I say, true humanity, full and flourishing humanity. He set himself to go the way that Adam and Eve were always supposed to go. That's why we hear that first reading today. Because Jesus is the, the uh, he, he lives out, um, uh, true, he, he, lives, he lives as the truly human being. What, what Adam was always meant to be, which is a reflection of God in his creation. And Jesus is, is determined to go that way. So guess what? Then as soon as, he, as soon as he's determined to, face, to go that way, as soon as he's prepared to start living it out, he faces everything that would knock him off course, that would distract or derail him. Yeah? And again, like I said, this, isn't, this shouldn't be a, a secret to us. Right? I have any number of experiences every day where I think, okay, I'm determined, I'm determined to go the way of love here. And as soon as I say, as soon as I say that, I'm determined to go the way of love here, I feel overwhelmed by the opposition to, to my going the way of love. It's like, what, what on earth is going on here? Right? And, and part of it is that the clarity of the one yields the opposition of the other. And then I think there's also, there are things like spiritual battles and, and the like that we're caught up in that we don't realize until we take strong positions, right? But, but our clarity about our being God's beloved children then allows us to perceive more clearly the threats that would take us off course, again, that would distract or derail us. I'm not going to run through, yeah, I'm not going to run through the temptations. If you want that, you can come back at 11. I've said, <laughs> I've said that before. You can pray for those poor people. They, the, the homilies are probably about three times the length of what, you know, a, a 7.30 Mass is. But, but this is what is happening here in the passage. The temptations are the world, the flesh, and the devil. Again, there's no, there's no mistake here. St. Ignatius of Loyola, when he talks about, um, what is it, when, he ta- when he's t- talking about uh, the uh, spiritual exercises or the rules for the discernment of spirits, he talks about what he calls the, quote-unquote, the enemy of human nature. And he says the enemy of human nature is the world, the flesh, and the devil. Yeah, and all I'll offer is we have... Um, the weapons of spiritual warfare to fight back against the world, the flesh, and the devil. Yeah, the world uh, we fight we fight back with by um, giving alms, right? So instead of looking to the world to see what we can get, instead we pursue a life of what we can give. Yeah, the flesh, as, and here Jesus, you know, turn the rocks into into bread, whatever. The, the flesh uh, we fight back with, uh, we fight back against with fasting. Yeah, so instead of looking for pleasure, comfort, whatever, wherever we can find it, we're going to deny ourselves pleasure, comfort, and whatever, wherever we can find it, so that we can rise beyond our more base passions and, and desires and live out the vocation, the great vision of what God intends for us, 
right? We make it more about the satisfaction of, of our own desires and whatever. God wants us to live beyond our own desires. And this is a good, that's a good thing for us. And of course, we fight back against the devil by praying. And by praying there, I mean especially submitting ourselves to God. Yeah, we take, we take time to pray, and prayer is always an act of submitting ourselves to God and His way and His will. Yeah, so that's all I'll say about that. What Jesus is doing is He's, re he's renewing humanity, and he's, he's living it out Himself here, and then by the, by the outpouring of His Holy Spirit, He is enabling us, allowing us to live it ourselves. And the way of humanity is nothing other than a reflection of God's own life, which is radical generosity. It's generosity at the roots. Yeah, and I'll leave it to you to figure out how to, how to make sense of how prayer, fasting, and almsgiving is all both expressive of radical generosity and conduces to increase in generosity but I promise you that it's there. So that's your, that's your, you don't get the long homily, but you get the homework. Sorry, it's just, it's just the way it works. But my friends, we're, we're going this way together. These 40 days, the pattern of Jesus' own face, we're going this way together. Remember, God delights in you. You are his dear, dear children. Don't let anything distract you from the fact.